Welcome back to another episode of the B2B Founder Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Trainer. In today's episode, I welcome Brittany Lynn to the program. Initially part of a marketing team at her previous company, Brittany discovered just how much impact media exposure, especially podcasts, can do for founders and entrepreneurs. That's what led her to start Brittany Lynn PR, a company dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and grow through strategic public relations and marketing strategies. As your business is starting to take off, how do you create brand awareness and reel in more customers? The often underutilized channel is public relations. In today's episode, learn how you can pitch yourself more effectively to reach your target audience and get word out about your business. We'll also hear some amazing and practical tips to help get you started with PR. Now, on to the interview. Hey, good morning, Brittany. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. I know it's it's my pleasure. I'm excited about today's topic, which is everything PR, right? Yes, all things PR, which is fantastic. But to kick us off, why don't you give the audience a little bit about your background and, and what you're working on today? Yes. So my name is Brittany Lynn. First name Brittany, last name Lynn, but also my middle name is Lynn. It's very complicated and it's spelled the same. Brett, I don't know if you knew that. I but did not know that. That's awesome. A way to make me memorable. I married into that. Of course, I, that wasn't my birth given name, Brittany Lynn Lynn. But anyways, I run a boutique PR agency. I live outside of Dallas, Texas. And I have a team of people who, where we represent online entrepreneurs typically and getting their message out to the world. And so we do that through a bunch of different offerings. Our kind of signature offering is our done for you services where we represent you, we pitch on your behalf, do all of the research, all of that kind of stuff. And we typically focus on three main media platforms, which is pitching to podcasts, publications, and TV, both local and national TV. My, I've been doing that for about five years now. Am I coming up on six years? around five years. Time flies. flies. And when I was starting my business, I wasn't offering PR services at all. It was kind of a typical, you kind of just do whatever you can. You know, if someone's going to pay me to like make their dentist appointment, great, I'll do it. Because I had come from corporate America, had worked in marketing, social media, those types of industries before. And then my husband and I, we paid off all of our debt and then that afforded us for me to be able to quit my job and start a business. And honestly, I, it's kind of like do as I say, not as I do type of situation because I hadn't really planned. Like I had, you know, this online business world and, you know, I just, I was consumed by all of that content, podcasts, blogs, all the things, but I never really thought much further of, okay, what I would how I would make money if I had a business. So then I quit my job and I was like, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going (laughs) to do? Like what services am I going to offer? So it took me a little bit to figure out kind of what path to go down. And then about a year in is when I really started focusing on offering PR services. Okay. That's fantastic. And I think we're all still trying to figure out you know, some ways what we want to do. And how yes. Yes. And, you are not alone. If you're still trying to figure it out, you, you yeah. will figure it out. <laughs> exactly. And you're going to pivot, right? I mean, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, the good example, we haven't got into it yet is, you know, chasing 
early days, you chase the shiny objects and you're looking for revenue. And the hardest mm -hmm. part is when you have to start making that transition to the pivot to just focus on what you're going to focus on. And totally, you know, totally. Some people never get to that point and I think it, it hurts. So congrats to you on, on figuring that out and building a, would you still call Pierre a niche business in the old days? <laughs> Maybe yeah. Today. So really, you know, kind of how I kind of fell into it was, you know, I had a few people, I was doing like here and there, mar any marketing type tasks. So I was ghostwriting, I was doing social media management, I was doing all those things. And it made sense because that's what I did in my corporate job. So I did have experience and background in those types of things. And then about a year in, a few people had asked me, hey, will you pitch me to some podcasts to get interviewed? And I was like, this is a thing you're going to pay <laughs> me to, to pitch you to a podcast. And I loved podcasts. That's how I found out about this whole world. And so I knew the types of podcasts that they would want to be pitched to. I knew how to make the pitches unique because I listened to those podcasts. And so I was like, sure, I'll, you know, I'll, again, I'll do whatever. <laughs> and then I did really well with that. And so then it really, my business grew just by referrals for about the first year, year and a half. Again, do as I say, not as I do. I didn't even have PR services on my website until like a year and a half into me actually doing PR services. And I think that was a little bit of a self-preservation type thing of, I wanted to see if I liked it. I wanted to see if it worked, if I wanted to grow and scale that type of business. And I really, again, it was just, I was getting referrals from people. So I did a good job. They referred me to their network. And I think, you know, to your question of like, is this a niche business? It really was for the type, the people that I serve, because there aren't a lot of PR firms and agencies that can represent online entrepreneurs. There are a few out there and we, we're all friends and we know each other and we send each other referrals and it's, very non-competitive between all of us because we all kind of have our own little niche that we help. But in terms of, you know, of course there's traditional PR agencies, people that represent Coca-Cola and big, huge brands, but a lot of times they don't understand the online business space and they even still don't really understand like new media type things like podcast interviews. And so I just saw this need where everyone kept referring me and I didn't have really any competition. And so it was like, okay, Brittany's the go-to person in this industry. And so that's kind of how I built up my name in the PR realm with this particular audience. Awesome. Now, and kudos to you and, and creating and filling a filling needs. It is because when I first got connected with you, I'm like, man, P, I didn't, I didn't even, it wasn't even on my radar, but it makes mm -hmm. so much sense. And mm -hmm. we were talking a little bit offline, you know, with my background in B2B and traditional you know, I still get wired into, well, we got sales, we got marketing, we got SDRs, but there's a whole universe of different channels available to founders, not just in the early stage, but as you grow, you know, that maybe they were there, but I think they're more accessible like podcasts. And yeah. Know. And I think a lot of times what I see is people in the, the online space, the startup space are a little intimidated by PR. They're like, you know, do I need a publicist? Am I big enough for a publicist? Do I have enough clout to be able to pitch myself for things? And I really like to try to make PR more approachable 
for people. A lot of times people don't even think or consider podcast interviews under the PR realm. But to me, it's, you know, you invited me onto your podcast. I'm getting in front of a new audience, which is the whole purpose of PR, establishing my expertise and authority in the industry that I'm in, making that personal connection with you. So it's this, it's the exact same as what you would do with, you know, pitching to a journalist and getting into a publication or on TV. Of course, there's like different, you know, nuances in pitching those types of things. But yeah, I really just like to make PR a little bit more approachable for people. This is something that you can do it yourself if you want, or you can hire someone like us to help represent you. There's a lot of options out there. Got it. No, and that's one of the things that, again, appeal about your your service is that we may even chat it offline about, you know, mm-hmm. do it your DIY or done for you. And I'm definitely a big believer in done for you. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate and- it understand it, but, you know. Absolutely. And that's what a lot of our done for you clients are. They come to me and they're like, this is great. Like your course is amazing. And you know, I'm, you don't need to sell me on PR, but like, I don't have the time to do it myself. And that's why we have the agency part. And so I really like to, we have options within our company to, if you're DIY just beginning and you want to figure out PR and what it really can do for you, there's an option for that. There's a done with you where it has a little bit of me in there with you but also you're kind of doing some stuff on your own. And then there's the completely outsourced done for you side. So we kind of serve all different types of entrepreneurs, which I think is great. But I just want to say that I didn't start out with having all of these options. Like I got like, now I have all of those options and it took me a while to get here. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, as the business grows and the needs of the clients and you start to understand, you know, time constraints, I, I get it from a founder perspective there busy, but you know, definitely one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because I think this can be such a powerful channel because we talk about, you know, in the early days, just a little context. So, you know, one of the stats that helped me drop, that drove me towards this, this particular starting this podcast was less than 5% of all companies get to a million dollars in revenue and less than 1% get to 10 million. Mm -hmm. And in the early days, what I found through interviewing is that founders are good at selling into their network. Right. So mm-hmm. the longer you've been in business, the more people, you know, the bigger you can grow your business. It's once they need to start reaching that next level, the people not in their network and don't know you, or maybe don't know they have a problem, you know, is a big problem for a lot of companies. And so when totally. I kind of put two and two together with you a little slow, but you know, from a, a PR perspective, you've got other people telling your story and creating an awareness. So maybe you could just spend a little bit of time on, you know, the, we'll get into the how, but you know, the, the why. And, and Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think that's such a great point. And that's really what PR allows you to be able to do is to get in front of new audiences that aren't aware of you, don't know you, they don't have that, you know, no like trust factor quite yet. And I think how we got connected is an excellent example. You know, a month ago, we didn't know each other at all. Right. I was on a podcast interview. You heard the podcast. My story resonated with you in some sort of way, or you were interested in some sort of way about learning more. So then you reached out to me. We set up this podcast interview and like, who knows, we'll be connected and who knows, we'll maybe send each other referrals. Like we may, right. may send you a podcast. It's like, Hey, they're looking for somebody that has, that needs your expertise on it. And so I think that's a great example where we were in totally different orbits and weren't connected in any sort of way, but through 
a media interview with me on a podcast, it brought you into my universe and vice versa. And that's the same with, you know, getting featured in different publications, getting your name out there, you know, and building that trust factor because people know people have a trust with entrepreneur.com, with Forbes, with Fast Company. People know who those publications are. And so when you are able to say that you've been featured in them, it automatically, even at a subconscious level, you start to trust that person, that leader a little bit more, even without knowing them, because you have a trust with Fast Company, you have a trust with Business Insider, you know, whatever publication it may be. And again, also even further, you know, the same goes with TV and there's different PR avenues. There's also working with influencers. We kind of specialize in those three. So those are the ones that I really kind of focus on. So podcast publications and TV and, you know, TV is again, one of those, it's an elevated experience. You know, you see someone that's interviewed on TV, you're like, oh my gosh, wow, they're so fancy. Like this is the real deal. They have a legitimate business and they're being interviewed in a short time frame. So they have to get in their messaging, you know, within that short time frame. But it really elevates that experience where after you've had several t- TV interviews, you can then use that as a media reel on your website where new people that are maybe arriving to your website, again, they see that media reel. They see that you've been interviewed in all these all of these different places. It again, builds that trust, builds that authority with that new audience that could be coming to your website. So each kind of media platform serves a little bit different purposes. Podcast interviews can really give you an actual return on investment of, you know, you get interviewed and it can lead to people signing up your email list or people buying things right then. Publications and TV, it's a little bit more about building that brand awareness. But again, that's so important because you do want to try to get outside of your circles to really up level and go to that next level of business. Yeah. And it makes, that makes so much sense. And, you know, one of the things I like an advocate for is building the longer term reasoning online. And, you know, what we're seeing, I think is the buyer preferences have been changing in the B2B world for a while, but slow, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) The pandemics changed that, right? Everything's virtual. Mm -hmm. It's remote. They want information on demand. And one of the biggest mistakes I see companies making is, you know, really rushed outbound reach, right? So if they're not ready to buy right now, all right, click, fine, we're on to the next one where you're missing a golden opportunity for to be there when they're ready. And that's why I think this these channels can be so effective if you're patient, right? <laughs> yes, to- yes. And I'm so glad you said that too, because I don't often get people in my audience that kind of are looking for that quick fix of like, okay, I want to go on a couple of interviews and then have my business set for the rest of my life. Like that's just not realistic. Thankfully, I kind of share enough content on my own platforms that I don't really get that question. I don't get that expectation a lot, but it is, it's more so it is playing the long game. It is building relationships with people, but those are the types of things that will never go out of style. It's building relationships is, you know, it's not anything that any type of tech industry can, you know, completely overtake and disrupt. It is always, always, always going to be valuable. And that's really, you know, a big part of why I suggest prioritizing PR as well, because you're making those personal connections with the podcast host, with the journalist, with the TV producers, and you don't know how those relationships will help you down the line. And 
like you said, you know, doing a podcast interview, maybe there's people that listen to this podcast interview and maybe they don't buy from me for another year or, you know, maybe they don't sign up for my email list for another two months because they first start following me on Instagram, but it's that consistent, you know, messaging and being in front of those new people that can really help your business grow, you know, slowly, but strategically over time. Yeah, that makes sense. And just to kind of follow on to that, I think I either heard you say or read it in your, your content somewhere about you, you highly recommend that it is the founder that is going in the podcast. It is on the publications, right? Mm. So he versus the marketing manager, the marketing person, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. And so it has been interesting. So we have typically worked with, you know, representing founders of businesses and we'll work with their team behind the scenes with, you know, coordinating and scheduling interviews and all that kind of stuff. But one of our clients, the founder went out on a paternity leave for a few months and we were like, but he didn't want to stop PR. And we were like, okay, how are we going to do this? Like, <laughs> what's our strategy? How are we going to pivot? So he has, he offers services, consultations, and he has other consultants on his team. So ahead of him going out on paternity leave, we did some trainings with his consultants who are also very knowledgeable in the industry that they serve, but we just did some media training with them, kind of giving them what to expect from doing podcast interviews or getting on the phone with a journalist, let's say, and to be able to prep them to be able to represent the company as the founder was out. So he was out for two months and he just came back this month. And it went so well, like we got so many interviews for the consultants. They did great on their interviews. And now it has become a part of our ongoing strategy where we're really going only going to use the founder for kind of the, the top tier interviews and really kind of lean on the other consultants as other go-to sources. And that's great for us because that gives us multiple people to pitch as sources it diversifies, you know, the company and, you know, we can get the brand out aware and aware to a lot more people with, you know, with their own networks of people. So this is kind of our first time that we've done something like this, but it's worked really, really well, but it is still people that are offering that service. So it wouldn't make sense if it was, you know, their social media person that we were pitching because they know about social media. They don't know about the service that they offer. So you really do have to have, you know, somewhat of a team built that trust. You also have interest, you have to have interest from them. If they were going to be like, yeah, I don't like podcast interviews. That wasn't going to work. So there has to be kind of several factors that work together. And again, you know, I probably wouldn't have done that. If he would have asked for that from the beginning, I would have been like, I don't know if that would be the best route to go, but we kind of organically built into that. Okay. That makes sense. And I, I do want to get into the, the how, right? But yeah. one more question along those lines, because originally, again, before I heard you speak, it was, well, I don't have a book yet. So do I need mm -hmm. an PR? And so maybe, is there a baseline amount of content? Are you okay with founders that are just super passionate about something that they're building? Is there kind of a recommended baseline? Yeah, that's a great question. So one, you don't have to have a new book coming out to be able to um, pitch yourself for PR and media opportunities. That is a common one. And we do work with people. We do work with authors that have a specific, like, I want to get this book out 
you kind of see the people do the rounds on the podcast interviews and all of that kind of stuff, but you don't have to have a book coming out. But what we do recommend, what we look for whenever we're looking to represent from a done for you perspective, where we come on as your publicist, we do need content on your website. So if you are brand, brand new to business, you know, you just put up your website yesterday, I would wait to invest in PR services or, you know, invest your time and energy in doing PR for yourself, get some content out there that can be blog posts that can be podcast episodes. It can be video content, but I would recommend having that video content still on your website, not just trying to build a platform on YouTube because people will want to go to your own domain website. That's where we want to capture people. Whereas if we're trying to send people to YouTube, we kind of don't know where they go after that. So really work, really have a strong content strategy um, because that will help you in the long term as well. Because one, it's going to establish you as an authority in your business. If a podcast host comes to your website, if you pitch yourself to a podcast, they come to your website and there's nothing there. It's like, well, what can you talk about? Like, I don't, I don't know what you can talk about. Then two let's say someone does agree to interview you, you want to capture that new person that is coming to your website. So you want to have your email list ready to go so that they can learn more about you, read more of your content, listen to your own podcast, you know, again, whatever content, whatever type of content that you want to share is it's up to you, but you want to think about again, that long term where some people aren't going to be ready to purchase right when they listen to this podcast episode. Most people aren't. If you're listening to this podcast and this is your first time listening to me, you're probably not going to buy something immediately from me. Maybe you will, but, and that's cool and great, yeah, right, right. <laughs> but you might want to build up over time. You might want, you might want to join my email list to learn a little bit more about what I'm about, follow me on social media, all of those types of things. So the clients that we see that have the most success with PR is really having a very strong content strategy because that is where we take all of our pitch ideas from. And so I just want to also recommend that like your content strategy also becomes your PR strategy and vice versa. So it's a multi-purpose thing. So we don't want to often reinvent the wheel whenever we're pitching for PR topics. So we will often look at somebody's, what are they writing about on their blog? What's happening in their industry? What can we talk about now that's relevant? And making sure that those things you can still use as content on your own website, on your social, et cetera. Got it. No, it makes makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I think probably people wait, somebody like me, I should have been thinking about this a while ago. I do have content, but there's always that doubt. I'm like, do I have enough? Do I have enough to say? And and I mean, here's the thing. If you have a podcast, you probably do have enough to say because you probably produce an episode per week. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Even just, you know, three, four months, six months of content, that's enough to start getting out there and establishing yourself. And there isn't really a, you know, sometimes people ask like, well, do I need a certain amount of social media followers? Do I need like, what comes first? Like, do I need to have a ton of social media followers to be able to pitch myself? Or does that come with whenever I am on these bigger platforms? And again, there isn't really like a special, like people want that like number and I'm sorry, there isn't like a special number, but like, I don't have, 
my social media following isn't that big. My email list following isn't that big. And I've been on plenty of podcasts, interviews. I've gotten featured in, you know, big publications before. I haven't personally done much TV myself yet, mainly because my topics aren't really a fit for TV right now, but maybe one day, you know, you don't have to have these super large followings. You don't have to have 20,000 followers to be able to, you know, move forward and make headway and, and get media mentions. It's really about adding value, right? Because I'm assuming these journalists and TV, they're hungry for Mm -hmm. content that's going to provide value to their audience, right? Exactly. And so the more that you can just, any outlook, whether it's for a podcast interview, for a publication for TV, thinking about, okay, what's going to be most valuable to their audience? What, and you have to know their audience. So, you know, podcasts, certain types of podcasts are going to have a different audience than someone that's watching a local TV station. And so really understanding your own audience and like where they spend time, that's where you want to pitch yourself to. And then knowing, you know, the flip side of what do the readers of entrepreneur want to learn about? What is important to them? And the way that you can figure that out is literally read the articles on their website, like look to see what they are writing about, how they're writing about it. How do they title their articles? Like take note of that and be, you know, look at it through a critical lens instead of, and being just like a reader, like, you know, whenever you're on your own personal social media accounts, think and look to see which articles are attractive to me. What are the ones that I want to click on? And think about, okay, well, why do I want to click on that one? What is intriguing about it? And once you start kind of doing that for yourself, you'll start to get used to, oh, okay, this is what's timely and relevant. Seeing what people are talking about. And, you know, it can depend on the time of year. Obviously this year, or at the time of recording this, you know, a lot of this year has been about COVID, COVID COVID-19. That's just been what has been reported in the media. And in the beginning when it was happening, it was kind of like all of our clients' topics like had to shift to be somewhat adjacent to that. Because if it wasn't, nobody was going to care. Right. <laughs> it was not going to get reported on. Over time that, you know, died down a little bit as, you know, just other topics kind of started becoming more, more popular, but just, you know, thinking about the times of year of things. So January is big for health and fitness and wellness and goals and all of productivity, kind of a new fresh start. That's what think people are thinking about in the beginning of the year. So if you can talk to those types of topics, awesome. Put together a piece of content about that. And that's what you can pitch out to podcast interviews, TV publications. Awesome. I know I've kind of taken this across the board here, but I think that's a good segue into kind of the how, right? I think we've Mm -hmm. got it covered that who to go after, you know, you have baseline content, have a point of view or what the publications are. I have that. What's, what's your recommended for the DIY audience, right? Yeah. Do it for them, but what's, how, how should folks get started with? Yeah. Again, really just can, I would first start with consuming the media that you are looking to pitch. So really, you know, I'll, I'll go further back, have a very clear, crystal clear idea of who your audience is. Okay. If you don't know who it is that you are trying to speak to, 
it's going to be really hard for you to identify the types of places that you should pitch yourself to. And the whole point of this isn't to, you know, try to be on all of the places because if your idle audience isn't, if they're not in those places, it doesn't make sense to waste your time pitching right. yourself there. It doesn't make sense for me to pitch myself to podcasts that are centered on, you know, motherhood, because I don't talk about that. I don't, you know, that's not something that I can relate to at this point in my life, as well as I don't have any, none of my topics make sense for that type of thing. So it wouldn't make sense for me to pitch that. So get very crystal clear on who your audience is. I'm talking like down to the nitty gritty, like this is what they look like. This is where they live. This is what, these are the blogs that they read. This is the podcasts that they listen to. And if you don't know that information, just ask, you know, if you have any sort of, even if you're just starting out, if you have some followers or if you know some people that are in your ideal audience, but you're not connected with them, like literally send them a DM, just like ask them about where they spend time or look to see who they follow on Instagram. And you can start to see where they kind of spend their time online. I would also recommend any competitors of yours or even people with a similar audience. So let's say there's people that they offer web design services to my same audience. We don't have the same services, but we have the same audience. I will go to their websites. I will see where they have been interviewed because that will give you a jump start to figure out, okay, these are the right places. These are the types of places that I should start with pitching myself to. So that's really like knowing your audience, doing some of that research, asking. I know it can be intimidating, but Instagram DMs is great because I feel like it's made it a little bit more easier to reach out to people and to comment on things um, of people that you don't know. Um, It's a little bit less intimidating. So start with that and then, you know, work, identify, you know, what's happening in the world and how can you comment on it? Okay. Looking to see what's being reported on those places that you've identified what are people talking about right now? And I gave the example earlier of like, again, also think of time of year. January is new year, new you. And it's like, most people are sick of that type of thing. But the fact is, is like, that's what people think about. And I think in particular for this year, you know, many of us have had a hard 2020. And so even more so for 2021, we're like new year, new me, like let's go fresh start. Exactly. If you have any type of seasonal products, so let's say, you know, you're a tax accountant, like, you know, the first half of the year, you're going to want to be talking and maybe getting yourself out there on podcasts and publications because people are going to be preparing for tax day. Now, I don't know if tax day is going to get, you know, extended again next year. I don't know how that whole thing (laughs) is going to work. Or, you know, right now at the time of recording this, like holiday times are coming. So if you have something specific for holiday time, so think about times of year, look to see what's being reported in the media and then how you can have comment. And I do want to challenge listeners that if you have a different point of view that's being reported on, maybe it's a little divisive, maybe it's just kind of a a different take Um, and nothing, you know, that's like, dangerous or misinformation wise, but just like a different take on a situation that can be used to your advantage. 
because that is going to make you unique and help you stand out from all of the other pitches that everybody receives because journalists, producers, they receive hundreds of emails every day and you want to stand out and you don't want to, you know, look like everyone else. You want to have a unique perspective. So I would challenge you that if you're feeling like, well, what I, my opinion about this is maybe different, that could be used to your advantage. Yeah, that makes sense. Just like growing your business, you got to cut through the noise and, you know, have exactly. a different perspective or value. Obviously it's got to be consistent with what you're doing. You can't have a contrarian. Right. And, you know, consistent with your own values and, you know, it's not, you know, don't just be divisive just to be that way, you know, truly believe in what you're saying. And also again, you know, I don't want to get into this, but like, you know, the misinformation out there is a plenty and I, I'm not a proponent of doing that, but you know, in different industries, you maybe have a different take on things that could cause for a healthy conversation. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, one of the things interesting you said, you're reaching out and connecting with folks, you know, what I found, you know, through LinkedIn, it actually how we connected, right? Mm-hmm. I did the podcast, I reached out through LinkedIn. You know, when I hear guests, I like whether I think they make sense for the podcast or just somebody I'd like to have on my network, I probably have, it's probably close to 95% acceptance rate of when wow. I- you know, send a request in with the personal message. Say, I heard you on this podcast. Yeah. Talking about, you know, it's, it's been beneficial in connecting with people that I, you know, learn from or hear from. So I don't know if it's an underappreciated channel or just something that's. I think so, because it's so funny on, on my podcast, I'd interview somebody and they were like, LinkedIn is so underutilized. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't use LinkedIn at all. Like, <laughs> like I need to start using it because I'm sure it could significantly help my business. <laughs> yeah. I'm at least again, finding it, get creative. And I'm a, you and I talked briefly, I'm a big believer in not reinventing the wheel. So if somebody's figured out how to do things and yeah. leverage it. And well, make- and I think, you know, and you see, you know, in your message to me on LinkedIn, it was a pseudo, it was a cold, email. you know, we didn't know each other. And the reason why your message stood out was because you did customize it a little bit. You did, whereas there are other LinkedIn messages that I receive that I probably don't respond to, or, you know, I don't prioritize because it's, you know, hi, add me to your network. And it's like, okay, whatever, fine. (laughs) Or they're like looking for a bit, you know, like, oh, will you send me a referral for someone? And I'm like, I don't even work in your industry. Yeah. I don't even know what you're talking about. And the same thing goes for, you know, pitching of like making it, you know, somewhat customized and you can template it. And I, I have free pitch templates that people can use and they work, but you do have to customize it a little bit. And I think that people, you know, they think of all the time that it will take and they're like, oh, this isn't worth it, but it really can be worth it because a lot of people don't customize what they send or even they don't even put like, hi, Brittany. It's like, they just... (laughs) like hi and you know to me you're reaching out to me via email my email is literally Brittany at brittanyolin.com it is clear that my name is Brittany so like you know my name is Brittany (laughs) and if you can't put in you know hi Brittany it's a little like uh okay (laughs) yeah I'm I'm with you I get I mean I I get obviously more pitches now to get for folks to come on the podcast Mm -hmm, I'm sure yeah you know, and I had rebranded kind of your point, be specific of who you're targeting. Yeah, I used to be a hardwired for growth podcast. It was 
all entrepreneurs looking to scale their business. Well, that's everybody, but that's also nobody. So then I dialed right. down into the B2B founders because I think there's nuance and specific challenges that those founders have. But I still get people reaching out with the old podcast name, right? So obviously they haven't listened to it. They don't know anything about it. And, you know, early days I had trouble saying no, but now those make it much easier to, you know, you yep. time to even look and you're just mass producing, you know, same thing with people that do that, their success rate's got to be so low. Right. So it's like, maybe you're saving time, but like, yeah, what is your success rate? And the whole point of it is to be successful and to get, and to get a yes. So yeah, that's just a, a pet peeve of mine. Could be common sense, but again, it's exactly instilled ability for folks out there. And you've mentioned the content on your website. You've got a lot of really good content. So yes, DIYers out there that want to explore, go check out her, her content. Like I said, I'm more of a done for you. <laughs> I get it. Yep. So, a lot uh, of people are. So they're like, this is great. And I just need you to do it for me. <laughs> yeah. And, and so maybe, and I do want to be respectful of your time because we've had a, a good conversation. Is there things that maybe top couple things? Well, I think we've covered the things you should do. Are there things that are absolute no-nos <laughs> that as you're Absolute. starting this process, don't do? That's a good, that's a good question. So I guess trying to personalize as much as you can. And again, that doesn't mean that you have to write a brand new unique pitch and, you know, super customize every single email that you send out. Cause obviously that is going to take you time, but doing your research ahead of time, again, knowing what's going on in, in the world and making it timely. And then just identifying a few places of where you can send that, you know, put in their name, um, that will help you, um, increase your success rate by a lot. And then also going back to a topic that we talked about earlier is not expecting a quick win. You know, let's say you get into Forbes. That's often a top, like, this is my dream media mention one Forbes article is not going to make you. Building the content for the specific. So with it, it kind of depends on media platforms. So let's do publications first. So whenever you're, let's say you're pitching a journalist, a story idea of, you know, something relevant to talk about the boom of startups in 2020. I don't know. I just made up that idea off the top of my head. You're right. Let's say you pitch them at, pitch them an idea. You kind of give a little, you know, paragraph about yourself, why you should be a person that could be interviewed about this. You bullet point out a few, like I can talk about, you know, these three things, but I'm also open to talking about other topics. Sometimes they will come back to you. Let's say that they're on board. They love this idea. They'll come back to you and they'll be like, great. I'm going to do an interview. I'm going to interview you about, you know, this particular topic that you pitched. They'll maybe send you a few questions. Sometimes they'll want to talk to you on the phone. That's a little bit more rare these days. A lot of times they'll just do it via email. And then perhaps you are in an article that has several different people in it, giving quotes and comments, or sometimes it can just be you in the article, which is fantastic because then you don't, you're not competing with anybody else within the article. Sometimes they'll come back to you and they'll be like, great, can you write a contributor article for this? So then you would be responsible for writing out the full article and it would have your name under the byline. Okay. So that would be a different type of article. You wouldn't be necessarily interviewed. It would be you writing it, they edit it and then publish it. Sometimes we'll pitch a topic idea and people will come back and they'll be like, this is great. I just did a story about this, so I'm not going to take this topic 
but I am writing a story about XYZ. Can you comment about this? So sometimes they'll bring to you another story that they're working on that maybe you wouldn't have known about. And then they'll ask you for comment in that sort of way. So that's kind of typically how it works is one of those kind of three options. If they're not interested, then they probably won't reply to you or sometimes occasionally a journalist will be like, Hey, this is great, but I'm, this is not relevant to me right now. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. And so, and with podcast interviews, typically we see like what you pitch is kind of what they accept to talk about onto the podcast. And most times podcasts will, you know, are a little bit free form. They're not as much like a bullet pointed, like this is the exact type of thing that I'm trying to get out of it. But it also depends on the setup of the podcast. Some podcasts are very set up to, you know, this is a 29 minute podcast. (laughs) These are the three topics that we talk about. So again, keep that in mind whenever you're pitching. Again, whenever you're doing your research, kind of just keep those types of things in mind. But I will say with podcast hosts, most of the time they have an understanding of particularly if you have a book, they can kind of, most are flexible in the sense of having it come out whenever you want it to come out or close to. You don't have as much freedom with that with publications or TV. It's kind of like you're going with their schedule, but it just kind of depends. Like it's like if you have a book coming out about five to six months ahead of time, that's when you're going to want to start getting the word out there planting the seeds planting the se- yeah planting okay. the seed before the book comes out and then also plan on you know the 3 to 4 months after the book comes out to do media interviews as well and then you know the top top people you know a Brené Brown she's an established author she's been interviewed by the media so she has a little bit more flexibility with like hey this is when i want these interviews to come out but people like me and you maybe yeah. Brené Brown listens to this podcast i don't know we don't have as much flexibility with kind of the national media. Right. And just getting that exposure would be mm-hmm. helpful. And last question I promise before I get to my two closing questions yes. is, do you need a media sheet? And I'm sure that's not the technical term for it. Is that, is it something that everybody should create and just have in their bio? It's just a one pager about. Topics. Yeah. So yeah. you can, you don't have to, you can have it. What I recommend is if you are going to do it, I would upload it to a Dropbox or a Google Drive and hyperlink it instead of attaching it to your email. And the reason why, and in particular for journalists and TV, you know, these work, these people work at big organizations. A lot of time they have that like security within emailing type thing. And I get fearful of attaching something to an email and sending it to someone that I haven't emailed before because I get afraid that it'll get caught into spam. So you kind of solve the problem if you just hyperlink it. But yeah, we've pitched clients and we haven't had a one sheet. We've pitched clients and we have had a one sheet. So I think it's really helpful when you do have a book coming out, you have a specific, you know, a visual of the book that's on the PDF, your talking points from the book. But so it's an option to have, and you also can have success with not having one as well. Gotcha. Because that was definitely one of the things not holding me back, but being as aggressive and like, man, I got to create that sheet. You don't, I'm giving you permission, Brett. You don't have to create the sheet. You can go out there without it. Just, yeah. Have, have content on your website and you should be good enough. Yes, exactly. Awesome. All right. So two, two last questions. One is 
you know, as we're closing out the end of 2020, which has been a, an interesting year to say the least, what, what's next for you and the team? Um, so we are filling up fast. So it's interesting. So we kind of have a limit of imposement right now, of working with 15 done for you clients. Okay. We're out two away from that. By the time this comes out, we might be booked out. So that has been great. And I've really worked this year about really training my team up to, they are really the people that are serving and helping our clients. And I'm a little bit more removed out of it. So I can grow and attend to other parts of the business, which is really exciting for me. So yeah, just really, you know, keeping the team going. I'm hiring two new team members to help with the onboarding of these new clients. So that's exciting. And that's really what's coming up for us. Okay. Well, we'll have to have you back on here in a you know, the next part of next year and give us an update on. Um, yes. Give us an update. I would love it. And last but not least, ask every guest this, you know, what is one thing that you would highly recommend and it can be professional or personal? So I hope that this is unique. So if anyone listening has not heard of the Colby A assessment, you should, I'll send you the link so you can have it in the show okay. notes. This was something that my business coach, when I joined with her about two years ago, she has everyone take. And I was like, what is this assessment about? I had never heard of it before. And it's, it's a personality quiz or, you know, assessment, but the, what it tells you is it ranks you in four different areas. And it basically tells you how you approach new projects or how you approach handling a problem, let's say. Um, and it kind of ranks you on these four different things. And so it tells you of like how to basically lean into your own personality of how to solve a problem or start a new thing that you want to start. So I'll give an example. So my, it gives you four numbers. So my highest is under the fact finder category. So I love researching and scouring the internet. That's why I've done very well with PR as well. Cause you have to just scour the internet for things. Yeah. You know, if I want to buy like a new technology, something it's like, I'll go and scour all over the internet, do all my research, like get all my data. And then my next one is quick start. So then it's my next number is highest is quick start. And so then it's like, then I want to go like, then I'm ready to buy. I'm ready to move forward. Let's go. Some people, are opposite where they're more of a quick start. So they just want to implement immediately. They like, they have a new business idea. Probably some of you guys listening are definitely quick starts. Cause I found that as a common thing in entrepreneurs, <laughs> you have an idea, you want to go and you want to just get there and you research later, or maybe you don't even research at all because maybe you're a very low fact finder and you don't right. care oh, about oh, the research. Intuition, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. And so typically people's highest numbers are either fact finder or quick start. And so it helps you again, lean into your strengths and just like kind of knowing how you approach things. Whereas I think before I would sometimes feel not bad about myself, but feel like I was doing it wrong. Right. If it was like, if I wasn't quick start, if I wasn't starting quick enough, like if I didn't like go in and dive in into something new, you know, in a matter of minutes. And it's really just understanding how your brain works and leaning into that. And I just found it I've had my husband test, like do the test. I've had literally everyone in my life do the test because I think it's just so informational and yeah. helpful. 
No, I love it. And it is unique. That's the first time we've had it right. But it makes Great. sense. Right. Yeah. I didn't want to say, you know, like take a daily walk, which is fine, but yeah. I just wanted to come up with something unique. That was unique. But I think it's, it's super helpful, right? To understand how other people think and act and helps with communication and, and everything else. So yeah, I'll add definitely add that to the show notes. And I will add, it is a paid, it's, there's, there isn't a free version of doing it, but I, I think it's like 20 bucks or something. I don't think it's very high priced and I, it's very, very worth it because it's an in-depth assessment. Like you get pages of feedback. Okay. That's good to know. And you're not a paid affiliate at this point, right? <laughs> I am not. Nope. I don't get any bonuses or anything to promote this. They don't even know I exist. So better recommend. for now, right? You get a, they get an influence. For now, maybe I will become an affiliate. I think they'd be like, what is an affiliate? <laughs> yeah, awesome. So speaking of show notes, you know, what's the best place for people to want to learn more about you? And I, like I said, I highly encourage you to check out you know, the content on the website, you know, there's a lot of DIY yes. there, but so where, where's the best place? I am Brittany L. Lynn everywhere on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is my preferred social media platform. If you want to hit me up there, Brittany L. Lynn.com. So it's B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y-L-L-Y-N-N. Sometimes I like to spell it for people. And that's where I'm at everywhere. Awesome. 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 Well, like I said, we'll include that in the show notes and you probably should have gone Brittany Lynn Lynn. And then, you know, my very first client that I had, he, whenever he found that out, he had said, I can't believe you didn't make your domain Brittany Lynn Lynn.com. And I was, I was just like, that's a little too far. That's a little too right. much. <laughs> I haven't with my name. So Brett, I've got two T's and it starts with trainer, a third T. So I haven't. Oh, the t yeah. The three T's. The triple T and there's some. The triple T. Yeah. But so I get it. I, and then we did learn something new, you, you know, introduced to the audience of you know, the same middle and last name. It's unique. People remember that. So hopefully so. Yes. So Please send great. me a DM on Instagram with the Brittany Lindland. If you listen to this there episode. You go. <laughs> awesome. Well, Brittany, thank you so much. This is so valuable. Again, I know I learned a lot, so I mean, I'm sure the audience is going to learn a lot and I appreciate you taking some time today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Awesome. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks. You too.